Hey there, welcome to episode 85 of Inbound Agency Journey. Excited to have you here. Thanks for cutting time out of your busy week to join us here on the podcast. And let me tell you what, we will not disappoint. This week, Gray chats with Brennan Dunn from Double Your Freelancing on how agencies and freelancers can really increase their profitability. And the key is here, guys, don't give away your strategy. Paid discovery projects are an awesome way for agencies to increase their bottom line and also down the road close bigger retainers because by working in a discovery project, you actually get a chance to get to know the client. They get to know you. They see how you work, how you operate. At Guavabox, we implemented inbound game plans and it was a huge win for us. And as we've worked with folks to help them do that through Do Inbound, we've seen agencies find success with this model all around the world. It's an awesome first step project to get in the door with people. Before we jump into this interview, if you are going to be up in Boston this week at Inbound 16. We'd love to see you. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at Andrew J. Dembski. I'm going to be speaking on the agency track on Thursday morning. The topic is grab a pen. The top five lessons learned from over 70 inbound agency owners. We've condensed all of the awesome guests that we've had on this podcast down into five key points and just 45 minutes. It is packed full of content. I don't know how I'm going to get through all those slides. So many awesome quotes from people all around the world who are just crushing it in the inbound agency space. So if you're going to be at inbound, we'd love to see you at that session, but make sure you reserve your seat. They're going fast and I cannot wait to see you up there. So without further ado, folks, let's get to the interview. Here we go. Welcome to Inbound Agency Journey. This is the show where inbound agency leaders share the strategies, shortcomings, and successes they've experienced in their journey toward building their dream agency. Now, here are your hosts, Andrew and Gray. All right, welcome back to Inbound Agency Journey. This week, I have the pleasure of bringing to the podcast Brennan Dunn. Uh, You guys may be familiar with him uh, from Double Your Freelancing, Double Your Freelancing Rate, all the different uh, products and coaching that he does um, around that brand. So Brennan, I'm really excited to have you on. Thanks for making time, man. Yeah, thanks, Gray, for having me. Awesome. Well, let's start out with just a little bit of your background. So uh, my understanding from, and you've done an awesome job, I'd say, just building your brand in general, which I think comes along with, uh, is a natural byproduct of doing good work and helping other people succeed. But there are tons of podcast interviews. Folks have probably heard some of your stuff before. But my understanding is you you started out as an engineer um, through, I, I think that was your your college degree, and then early on, and then that kind of transitioned into freelance and agency life. Is that right? And do you want to walk us through some of that story? Yeah. So actually, the uh, my college experience had me studying the classics, so it didn't really help with engineering. Um, but I, from my dorm room, I was always interested. I learned you know, the, at that time, Ruby and, um, I already knew a little PHP and everything, yep. but yeah, I, I dropped out of school to start a startup, go figure. And, uh, it worked for a bit. It actually was more successful financially than I think a lot of them are, but it was tied to the mortgage industry, which kind of crashed around when it was like 2006 ish or so. Yep. So yeah, I went out and I got really my first, uh, real, you know, real job outside of school. And yeah, that had me, you know, I was working at an agency, which was my first time ever working at an agency and they were more of an interactive agency. So they did a lot of like media buys and, um, I was ended up running the technology team, but they mostly made their money through, um, big, 
you know, AdWords accounts with airlines and you know, things like that. So uh, what ended up happening actually was I moved to Virginia. And so this is in Florida. I moved to Virginia. I didn't have any business connections or anything out here. So I ended up working with a friend of mine uh, from actually from school who was out in the Bay Area working at a startup. And I started freelancing and I didn't really know what I was doing. I just kind of figured, all right, I'll just divide like what the average salary is by 2000. That'll give me an hourly rate. So I, you know, charged 50 bucks an hour, uh, was effectively a, um, a resource for hire for different agencies or not agencies, but startups. And then I got to the point where I had, I kind of faced this crossroads of, I had a lot of people who wanted to work with me and I only had one of me. So I decided to scale. I guess I could have just, you know, said no to the work or backlogged it or something else, but I, I decided to scale and ended up growing an agency. We got to 11 employees. We had an office in downtown Norfolk, Virginia. We had clients all over the world. And the, the good thing that happened really in all of this was we shifted away from being just a kind of like a, you know, hey, we have smart people for hire kind of agency to we really focused on becoming consultants, on really looking at like what is the problem being brought to us and how can we solve it? And what that led us to was clients who weren't looking for, in our case, let's say Ruby developers, but instead we're looking for, hey, I'm looking to start something that does X, how can you help us? And then we would come in and we would take care of everything. So yeah, that was a, it was a really good experience actually. We, like I said, we grew to 11 employees. We had a few million year in revenue and um, it was great. Uh, the only downside was I was traveling a lot. I had two little kids at home. And um, while I love traveling the world, it wasn't really conducive to that lifestyle. Right. So I ended up exiting the agency to start a software as a service company, which then led me to what I'm doing now with W Freelancing. That's awesome. So thanks for the background. I've got a couple specific questions. We won't, we won't spend too much time on uh, the historical point of view. But um, So the agency is called We Are Titans. Is that right? Yes. Yep. And then the software product that you started up is PlanScope, which is still active, correct? Yeah, although I sold it uh, to somebody earlier this year. So I'm okay. not running it any longer. Gotcha. Yep. Cool. So let's uh, let's go then from PlanScope. Out of that, um, we jump into the transition to at least some of what you're currently doing. Walk us through that story, and, uh, and then we'll dive into um, some of the lessons that you've learned and how that applies to agencies. Sure. So PlanScope is a project management tool for agencies and freelancers. And I, you know, the, the problem with starting any sort of SaaS is getting customers, getting clients. And uh, so what I did is I did what I think a lot of people do, which is you start creating content about things kind of related to that, that help in this case, freelancers and agencies, but aren't specifically about project management. And the interesting thing was through the support channels, what I noticed is people would not write in necessarily about like the app being broken or with feature requests or kind of things I expected to have come in. I mean, those did come in, but what ended up happening was a lot of people would write in asking for advice on pricing or people would cancel their accounts and I'd ask them why and they'd say, ran out of clients. And I, I saw kind of this opportunity to, because I, I mean, growing my agency, we had to really get pretty good about how we sold because if we were to keep 11 people fed, we needed to be a little more proactive in how we got work. So we, um, you know, I, I learned a lot doing that. And now I was running into people who seemed a lot like me when I first started out, who are now using my tool. And 
you know, I jump on Skype calls with them. I would email lots of email back and forth with these uh, customers. And eventually a friend of mine, uh, Amy Hoy recommended, why don't you, you keep saying the same stuff to these people again and again about um, pricing and you know, how they should pitch clients and everything else. Why don't you write a book on it? And I never really thought about it at the time of, you know, as doing anything like that. I was actually a little iffy about the whole, you know, info product thing to begin with, but I ended up doing it and I really figured I'd get a lot of refund requests and people saying this is crap and you know, everything else, but it didn't, that didn't happen. And so I just started to, you know, I had this book out and I was, it's funny, I actually pre-sold it. So I felt if I had these people's money, I should be emailing them weekly about what I'm working on, like what I'm writing in the book. So I did that and then I launched the book and I just kept writing, right? I just kept writing to these people that I'd been writing to already every month or every week, even though in, in my mind, I kind of fulfilled that responsibility. And then people started asking, hey, I've got a friend of mine, you know, they're not ready to buy your book yet, but you know, I keep forwarding these emails to them. Can they, can they join? And, and I, I guess at that point I realized I kind of had a, a newsletter or something. Um, but you know, this was about four and a half years ago and all I've been doing ever since has just been talking with people and learning about like, how can I help? What can I do to, to help? And at first it was mostly more anecdotal, my own experience, my own, like my own stories. But over the years, what's ended up happening is, you know, now we're at about 35,000 people in the audience and I do a lot of serving. I talk to a lot of them and I've started to now do more research based material, right? Where I'm looking at, you know, I'm, I'm aggregating examples and aggregating stories and everything else. And, and that's what a lot of what I'm doing is shifting into. But it's just it's funny. Like, I never planned to do any of this. And then I got to this crossroads late last year where I was running a seven figure training business and a not seven figure software as a service business. And I decided I couldn't handle both any longer. So I sold PlantScope. Right. Wow. Well, I love the story. And I mean, a lot of that, um, a lot of what you've been through kind of resonates with me where um, obviously similar product in do inbound that we have, but a lot of those support requests that we do, uh, that we do get, are you know are a lot have a lot more to do with the ins and outs of running a business versus the ins and outs of the software platform right and uh and so kind of the natural evolution then to creating training around that and helping people understand hey a tool is one thing but really there's these underlying business principles and methodologies that are way more impactful than the tool itself um and so out of that coming all this education and just the way that it's naturally evolved has been really cool to follow and see the way that you've um, that you've grown with that and responded to that. One question I have: so that first um, that book that you wrote originally, um, W Freelancing Rate, is that that's the title of it? Yeah. Again, it started as an ebook, and it's actually been redone three times now, and okay. now it's actually a full fledged course with documents, templates, six seven hours of video content, and a lot more. But it started at the seed of it was a sixty something page ebook. Right. So with that, I guess what I'm curious in, and this is, so I'd love to dig into some more of the specifics of what's in that um, as we get a little bit more into things, but what was it, I guess, why did you decide that, um, and I guess I have a couple, I've got a whole, so many different questions running through my head here. What was it about pricing and, uh, and that topic that led you to think that this is the place to start? Um, from the pains that people are expressing. Well, it's funny. So 
the title is kind of link baity in a way, right. right? Because people tend to want, I mean, they, they want that. They want, you know, when you look at like the, um, like when you look at, uh, for instance, the, I'm not trying to compare to them at all, but when you look at like diet advertisements, they're all focused on kind of the lifestyle that having better abs or something would give you. But the, you know, the thing that goes into that though is the, the work, right? Like the, the exercise and everything else. What I, what I came to realize is that a lot of people were saying they, they were underpaid, but what they were really complaining about, which I understood because I'd, I'd been there, was they had clients who didn't respect them, who didn't treat them as consultants, but instead treated them as just doers. And they wanted to get away from that. They wanted to be more influential, I guess, um, in, you know, with their clients. And one of the things I realized with my own agency was when we started to deliver better results, we could then charge more for them, uh, for those results. So basically the whole goal of double your freelancing rate is really how can you better, how can you deliver a better product, which is then worth more versus, um, you know, the one page book that could just say, take what you're charging now and two exit. So it's really a focus on how can you learn more about the needs of your clients, the things that are holding them back, what the value of these needs are for them. And then how do you take what you're good at technically and sell it in such a way that it becomes the business solution they're looking for, which ends up meaning that they're getting a better result, a better product. And what I tell people all the time is like, no one's ever paid you a lot of money for a website. They're paying you for the result that they think a website will give their business. So figure out how you can develop the right website. Cause I've seen a lot. I mean, even in my own, in my own experience, I've developed fully technically functioning products, you know, websites, apps, whatever but they might've been the wrong apps because they, they didn't actually solve the problem that the business had. And what I see a lot of freelancers do and a lot of agencies do even is they just, you know, they client comes to them and says, I need a new website. And they jump immediately into, well, let's talk about what it's going to look like. How many pages are we talking about? What, you know, what platform is going to be built off of and so on. Instead of stepping back and thinking like, why are we, why did they wake up and reach out to us today? Like what, why are they willing to spend money on redoing their website? Like what it, why do they need to fire their current website? So it's that kind of thinking which I built into the course, which is how do you actually you know, systematize that line of questioning and then how do you turn that questioning into, or how do you turn the answers that come from that questioning into a, a really good proposal that ends up closing? And ultimately, how do you make it so what you're, in the, what you're selling is more valuable which then demands a higher price. Right. Well, I love the, I mean, first of all, we've got this lesson of sell the benefits, obviously, not the features and all the details, um, mm -hmm. which is what you're doing with the title of that, but it's also what you're teaching. So I think there's um, there's great synergy between the way that you've positioned your own thing and what you're teaching agencies and freelancers as far as how to how to do positioning and how to go through the, uh, the whole sales process with the customer. And then ultimately it's not, the sales process, I don't know if the sales process ever ends, but if we think of it more traditionally, as you transition from the sales process into client delivery, um, you know, c continuing that mindset and, uh, and continuing to focus on the benefit and the value right. uh, rather than all the ins and outs. So I think that's that's a really helpful overview. Let's get a little bit deeper into, uh, into how you, and I, I realize there's, there's going to be way more than we're going to be able to cover here. So this is more of kind of the preview for people. And if you want to 
learn more about all of Brennan's resources and the training and coaching. And uh, obviously you've got um, the course now, but there's also Academy podcast. There's a ton of resources that you have out there that we'll be able to link up and, and people can learn more about. But let's dive into how does, if I'm an agency right now, a relatively small agency, five people, um, and I have, I feel that pain point. I feel like I'm underpaid and my clients aren't respecting me. What are, uh, what's kind of my process for transitioning my agency to one where I'm obviously at the end of the day, I'm more profitable, but also have a better relationship with the clients who I'm working with. Yeah. So I think what needs to happen is from the, from the outset, what you're, the way you look at what it is you're providing needs to change. And for the longest time, I thought people hired my agency to build websites or to build apps for them. And that's what I figured, right? That's how I marketed ourselves. That's how I mean, everything was centered around, um, hey, you need you want a Ruby on Rails application built. We can do that for you. The problem, though, comes I mean, especially as you as you're an agency and you have overhead and you have um, ideally you're billing out your team for higher than you're paying them. The problem comes when let's say you're billing out your team for 150 an hour and a client comes to you and says, why should I pay you 150 an hour for Ruby work when I can go on, you know, Upwork and there are people for $10 an hour who do Ruby work? Like, why should I pay you instead of them? Now, one benefit that agencies tend to have going for them, especially more brick and mortar agencies, is the fact that you have an office tends to send a signal of stability, whereas a lot of like, you know, people on Upwork or just independent freelancers, that's usually not there. But um, but there is that, you know, there, there, there is that thing of how do you answer that question? Right. So if you're selling a commodity like design or coding or whatever else, it's very easy to be price shopped, right? Because you know, if you're selling, if the gas station across the street is selling gas for two dollars and the one across the street from it is a dollar fifty, who would ever go to the two dollar gas station, right? Like, there's no gas is gas is gas. Now I know we're all thinking, well, there is differences. We're not all like there. Are, some of us are better and you know more more talented and so on. But to a lot of clients, I've seen that they're looking at it as is. Uh, you know, they don't always see that. And that's why I think a lot of us focus so much on portfolio and really having, you know, awards. If you remember back when the flat FWAs were a thing, the flash website awards. And right. I remember all these agencies would like pride themselves on this. Um, but I think what really needs to happen first is when you get a new lead, the first thing you should be focused on is trying to figure out why, why is this lead reaching out and why are they willing to potentially spend money on what they're asking for? And, most people are going to respond reactively and say, okay, let's just talk, jump right into what you're saying you want. And now if you can say, you know, my goal here is to help figure out how we can make this an investment for your business. And sometimes you don't need to use this exact language or anything else. But what I'm really getting at is if you can focus on trying to understand what led somebody here and really understand the problem behind the project and sell a solution to that, which might be different than what the client in, in, you know, initially thought they needed from you. And then go into that and quantify the value of the project, you know, figure out what would it mean financially for them to solve the problem at hand. So if they want to, if, 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 if say it's an online store and they want to redesign their store, what they're probably wanting is not a redesign because there's nothing about a redesign that actually implies any benefit. What they're thinking is, Hey, the old design it co is costing me sales. So maybe if I just get a new design, I'll get more sales. And that's what they're thinking. And that's then they go and court web designers and 
the problem though becomes just because you get a redesign doesn't mean you're going to fix that that sale problem. So if you can say, let's figure out how we're going to make you more sales, and we happen to be using really good design to make that happen, that's a much more compelling argument because that's exactly what they're looking for, and that's something that is valuable, right? Like a, a website by itself, a design has holds no value. It's what that design will end up doing, which in this case is getting more customers, getting more sales, whatever else. That's the value. So focus on that and bake that into how you qualify new leads. When you have that initial meeting with them, how do you, you know, initially discuss their project requirements and what they're looking for. Um, and then really everything from then on, on out should be focused on that. Like if you have a client, let's say midway through, who's like thinking they want a new, you know, they, they woke up that morning, they were in the shower and they thought of this great idea. What I've started doing, and it took me a while to be comfortable doing this, was to respond saying, okay, that's great. New ideas are fine. But my job as the consultant here, you know, client etymologically literally means to protect. So it's my job to protect you sometimes from yourself. You want this new thing done. If we get this done, we need to reduce, we need to cut something else, right? Like you can't, it's not an all you can eat buffet. Like either if you're billing for time, it means the budget's gonna go over. Or if you're billing fixed, that means you need to swap it out with something else. But if this new thing you thought of can get us to the goal, which is new, you know, more daily sales on our online store faster and, you know, and more efficiently than what we were thinking of doing before, then we'll do it. But this needs to be a thing that you, the client basically needs to make the case to me for making that happen. Because otherwise, and I'm sure all of us have seen this the client wakes up, they want to do something else. They shift gears, then they go back, then they go back. And we end up getting the ones, we end up getting screwed because at the end it looks like we've, um, especially if you're, say, billing for time and you exhaust the budget and you only have half a project complete. Um, you know, one of the things I've, I've really gotten good at, I think, is learning how to be that partner versus just the hired gun. And I think that's the big thing. That's the thing that I think that separates the more or less premium agencies from the more commoditized agencies, which is you know, the premium ones look at themselves as partners, as allies, as people who are here to solve a business problem, whereas the others are thinking, oh, you know, we're a web design shop. You need a website designed. Tell us what you want it to be like, and we'll, we'll design it for you. I, I couldn't agree more with everything that you just said, and I think that gap between um... – the agencies who just can't scale and can't grow and can't be profitable and the more premium agencies, so much of that gap has to do with confidence and so much of confidence has to do with having a system and a process to be confident about having some kind of here's how we know that we're going to provide this value for you. I think that I'm sure these are objections or questions or hesitations that you've heard plenty of times from agency owners and that I've heard countless times, but, um, it's so much easier to talk about it in terms of a redesign because I know that I can deliver a redesign yeah. than it is to talk about it in terms of we're going to double your sales because I don't know for a fact that I can double your sales. Right. I mean, there's still a lot of, um, I mean, I always like to say that if you're selling the most amazing pizza oven to the local pizzeria, if they have crap ingredients or like it's dirty inside or something like, you know, just having the right oven doesn't mean you're going to have the best pizzeria in town. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I guess what I would, what I would say about that though, is I, I've also seen no offense to anyone out there, but 
there's a bit of personal vanity involved where you spend a lot of time getting really good at web design. And you're, that's how you, you know, you've invested a lot of time and energy into becoming an amazing web designer. So the focus tends to be more so on that. Absolutely. Where to the client, they're just seeing it as a means to an end. It's like, I don't, you know, like if I want to build my dream house, it's great that you're an amazing carpenter, but I want you to sell me on the vision I'm looking for and that, that sense of home versus uh, talking about how awesome your tools are. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's no doubt that uh, the self-centeredness versus other-centeredness plays a huge role in, uh, mm-hmm. in handicapping a lot, of, uh, a lot of small agencies. Um, another thing that is, I mean, most common objection is, hey, it's really easy for me to say, okay, here are the specs for a website. Here's how many hours I think it's going to take. Now I can price based on that. You want me to price based on value. That means I have to figure out what the value metric is. I need to figure out what the steps are going to, you know, being a consultant, it, there's no doubt that being a consultant is way more work than just being the person who's implementing whatever, you know, just pushing the pixels around, oh, which, is, which is why yeah. it's so much more yeah. valuable. Um, but so I think that, I mean, what, at least what we've discovered in our experience, in my background as an agency, um, is just that having a process for going through and figuring out, um, you know, this whole discovery process and creating a, a game plan or roadmap, um, as you're figuring out how are we going to help them achieve their goal. So I just did one last week. Yeah. So I just, I was out in Minneapolis and I, that's one thing you you mentioned, you hit the nail on the head, the roadmap. Doing a paid discovery is probably one of the best things you can do because otherwise you're just going to, you know, there's a lot of time you might put into a free estimate and you don't really know the full picture because they're not as invested. You're not as invested. You, you don't, this is free time, right? So I was out in Minneapolis and spent about four hours with a prospective client. I mean, they're a client because they pay me for it now. So, but I sat with them and I went into everything, all the, I mean, they're under non-disclosure at this point. So we looked at their financials. We looked at how their website impacted their financials. We looked at the whole picture and then, yeah, I mean, like you're right that a lot of people, it's easier to say, oh, I think doing this design will take X many hours. So I'm going to charge you this much an hour. So the budget is this. But when you can go in, like I did, and I said, here's how we're going to, here's the, you know, I can't, I can't control the pricing of your products. That's a you thing. I can't control the quality of your products. That's a you thing. What I can control is how we get prospects in front of these products. And that's like, what I tend to tell people is work backwards to, you know, like for instance, if you're, if you're dealing with like a, a law firm, right? Like you can't control what they charge their clients. You can't control how good they are at closing their clients once they become a lead, but you can impact their leads, their lead count, right? I mean, if you do things right, you do a right, the correct website, you can probably work to generate more leads. If the focus is on getting more leads, then the, the website will change. Like what you end up doing for them will change, right? So that's, I mean, that's what I was doing out last week. And I just dove into their business and looked at everything. And I looked at, you know, so when I when I actually pitched them over the weekend, I basically threw back at them. Here's where you are now. Here's how you're hemorrhaging money. Here's where you could be. And here's how we're going to get you there. And so what I ended up doing really was giving them also a a clear roadmap for by, you know, within basically about a month and a half, they're looking at getting a positive ROI. So they're looking at paying off the engagement. Um, and I put that very explicitly in the in the proposal. And then everything from then on out is pure new profit, right? So 
that's the difference is what I would used to do in the past is I just like say, okay, let's talk about like all the technical stuff we should do and I'll quant- figure out how many hours it's going to take. And yeah, I'm, I'm really, I mean, the, yeah, I mean, income's <laughs> gone up dramatically since shifting away from that thinking. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, it definitely makes a huge difference. Um, and I like you st- yeah, touching on like the paid discovery project um, is a huge, I mean, getting both sides invested in actually figuring out the right solution. Everybody's tempted because of uh, the natural human tendency to take the shortcut um, mm-hmm. as well as just the way that the industry has evolved. But everyone's just so tempted to just jump right in to build things as quickly as possible um, instead of taking the appropriate time to, to figure out what exactly are we going to do and why do we think that's the best way to do it. Um, and so that paid discovery process is uh, – is something that you know at our agency Guava Box that was um, one of the turning points for us in going from digital yes men and scrambling around trying to come up with projects and making sure that we were uh, you know dealing with the the challenge to be able to sell in the first place inconsistent cash flow so many things but um, but jumping into paid discovery projects through uh, for us it was the inbound marketing game plan is what we called the product um, that was that was the game changer at our agency and something that I know that, um, you, I think earlier this year, um, started a course around roadmap. Roadmapping. Yeah. Yep. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah. So I partnered with, um, a longtime student of mine, uh, Ben Lee, who's out in LA and he just crossed a million a year just in roadmapping. So income only from roadmapping a million dollars. Um, plus for, I mean, he has an agency about 35, so it's quite a bit bigger. But what's been amazing is, you know, what I what I wanted to do is I wanted to go out. And so we, you know, I flew out to L.A. and spent about a week there. And he brought the actual clients and his own experience. And I brought more of the theory, more of the academic bit. And we just put together about a, I think it's about five hour long video course on everything. So super to nuts. How do you how do you do this? And um, yeah, I mean that, that's the thing. Like a lot of people want to do it. They just don't know how do you like they're thinking of it as I'm charging for an estimate versus I'm charging for a product that is valuable in its own right. So, you know, like, I mean, one of the things that I like to say about when people ask, well, why should we, why should we do roadmapping is like you just mentioned, everyone wants to sell. Like they all want to just, everyone's optimistic when you got a new, new client, the juices are you know flowing and everyone's just talking good things. Um, you know, people want to just jump into the project and assumptions are made. I, I just remember once I was really excited about a project, one of the first ones for our agency. And then we get midway through and we realized that something that we thought that they wanted, they were wanting the Lamborghini version. And we were thinking they wanted the Camry version, which meant, you know, when it came time to build this, there was this big, uh, this kind of like issue, right? that led to just eventually a very toxic relationship with the client. And, you know, it's, it's fine. Like early on, everyone's super optimistic, but then once you get into things, if you're realizing that there are in different wavelengths about what we need, that becomes a big problem. And people don't always, I think, I think what ends up happening is people get screwed over enough that they start realizing, okay, we need it. We need to fix this. I don't want to be in this position any longer. Right. For sure. Yeah. I mean, those happy years, definitely go on at the beginning of every sales process and it's hard to 
uh, it's hard to find that that balanced middle point of not having happy years and also not turning into I've been screwed so many times that that you become cynical and just assume that uh, <laughs> you know that I think the downside and this has happened with some of the agencies who we've worked with and coached is um, you know you get to this point where you've gotten burned enough times that uh, that everything becomes a uh, it, you kind of have that cynical outlook and your your close rate is hurt that way as well. So the you know, the first way with happy years, you might close more, but you, they turn into very unprofitable uh, or dissatisfied clients. And then the second way, you hurt your close rate. Um, so so finding that balanced middle ground is is a big deal. And I think that the pay discovery process can uh, can go a long ways towards uh, towards helping you optimize your agency sales process. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And there's a psychological reason too that I want to touch on. Yeah. Um, so they tend to be priced significantly lower. Like, so for instance, the one out that I did last week was a few thousand dollars, but the whole project budget is about close to six figures, right? So it was a fraction of it. But what that allowed the client to do is kind of test the waters before jumping in head first. So, you know, they're able to test out a three or four hour session with me. I'm able to do the same. Are they a good client? Do they work the way I need them to work? Are they going to be the kind of people I want to work with long term? And I mean, because not besides just the money, there's also the client is typically investing a lot of time and potential opportunity into hiring you. So, you know, if it's a two month project, you're basically asking them to pay whatever you're charging for that two months of time, plus two months of their life, plus the opportunity that they could have captured had they gone with potentially somebody else for those two months. So there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of uncertainty there. And that's where these really long sales cycles tend to come from. But if you can instead say, hey, the very first stop, like phase one for everything we do is this, you know, paid roadmap engagement. Um, it's just it becomes no brainer because at that point now they're a client and they're able to jump like jumping from like in my case, zero to two thousand dollars is much easier than jumping from zero to ninety thousand dollars. So it's it's a lot easier to say give somebody a tremendous amount of value at $2,000 and then I'm basically upsell them on the full engagement. Yeah. It's such, I mean, it's that commitment level that makes it way easier for anybody to say yes. Um, you know, for us, when we're selling a game plan process, it's typically five to $15,000, but it's going to be a very short two to three week engagement. And that, uh, it's way less time. It's way less money than what the project is going to be. And unsurprisingly, people are, are way more comfortable making that decision, making that decision a lot quicker. Um, so you, you really accelerate the sales process as well. And you can also sell them to, even if you're fully booked, like with mine, um, even if I'm fully booked at the moment, I can usually carve out, I mean, I know yours are a little longer, but I can carve out a few hours pretty immediately when people are really excited and motivated. Right. And now they're on the books as a client. I then show them what the next steps are, get a deposit in for that project. And then they're much more willing at that point to be backlogged. Um, because again, a, a good part of that meeting is also figuring out like, is this really urgent or is it important? I mean, there's a difference between the two. So an important project, yes, we need to get this done, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's a explicit, like we need this done by this date. Otherwise, you know, the world ends sort of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Brennan, I feel like we could talk about this forever. Um, but I want to, uh, want to respect your time and, uh, and, and keep this relatively short. Can you, for the folks who are listening, and we're going to link all these resources in the show notes, um, but for the different pieces that we talked about from W Freelancing to the road mapping um, course, could you just kind of give a quick rundown of some of the trading that's, yeah. that's available right now? 
Sure. So there's really at the moment three. So doubleyourfreelancing.com is kind of the mega site that has everything. Um, but there's really three different things. Um, the most popular is double your freelancing rate. And that's just a, it's a self-study course on both pricing and basically pitching. So it's, it's effectively, how do you make yourself more valuable through the sales process? We also have mastering project roadmaps, which is focused exclusively on roadmapping. So paid, paid discovery. And again, that tends to be something people get after going through double your freelancing rate. Um, but the biggest, the, the big thing that we offer, the thing that actually is the most exciting to me that most exciting also to the people involved is the W Freelancing Academy. And that's a seven month, uh, very high intensity course where you're basically working uh, with seven experts a month at a time. So the first month you work with Philip Morgan on positioning, second month you work with Kai Davis on outreach and validation and so on. And the way the difference is, instead of just it being a lot of content, you're actually sitting down and working for a month with a copywriter to hash out all your revamped sales copy. And then after that, you're sitting down with Kurt to help you flesh out all your automation sequences. And then you're sitting down for a month with Moisha, who's helping you with all your paid acquisition strategies. So it's kind of like it's it's a way to it's like a sampler platter of working with coaches, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, we've had about 300 ish people or 330 uh, or so people go through it over the last three years. And yeah, this is the big thing that we have. It's and again, it's very, it's very intensive, but um, it's by far in terms of outcome, the, the best thing we have. Great. That's awesome. Um, well, I really appreciate you being willing to come on and share. Um, we're going to definitely link up your contact info, um, at least social links and, uh, and the links to all those resources that you mentioned, Brennan, um, in the, in the podcast show notes as well for, uh, for folks who want to follow you online. This is a classic end of podcast question. <laughs> is, is Twitter the best way to, to keep track of you or what's the best it way is, to follow yeah. you? Have? Yeah. Twitter, Brennan Dunn, B-R-E-N-N-A-N-D-U-N-N. Awesome. Well, we'll link that up as well. Brennan, thanks for coming on. Really appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, Greg. Thank you for listening to Inbound Agency Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash podcast. Again, that's doinbound, all one word, dot com forward slash podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, head over to iTunes to subscribe or leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.